Today is Wednesday, November 26, 2008, and this is Radio Wave. Thank you for joining us on this special broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje. Tonight we will be playing for you the special production that we had mentioned in yesterday's broadcast and on the website, medj.com, the special Thanksgiving broadcast of The Legend of Squanto. And so without any further delay, we will turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. Well, tonight we have a special show that we here at Caritas in the community pray every Thanksgiving during the daytime. We eat and then we all sit down with the kids and and uh, the community and all listen to Squanto, the legend of Squanto. Uh, it's produced by Focus on the Family and they've given us permission to replay it. And it's a, a beautiful story of what happened with our first Thanksgiving and why we celebrate it. Of course, everything's under attack these days. We did a show last night talking about the associate professor, Patty Lowe, at Wisconsin-Madison University. And uh, she basically says Thanksgiving is garbage. She says it's a myth. And that the uh, pilgrims who landed on Plymouth Rock, instead of reaching in search of religious freedom, she said they're grave robbers. And so we have this whole revisionist mentality among many universities and places and media, which is always attacking those things which are holy. We know it's holy because we don't have to worry about what revisionists say or what people might think. Uh, well, is this history not factual? Because we know Our Lady chose Thanksgiving Day, November 25th, 1988, when Maria was here in a whole three-month period, that only day to go out in the field, which is Thanksgiving Day. The fact that she singled out that day of Thanksgiving to God the Father and and what Plymouth Rock means and the pilgrims landing there and their religious walk is a message. I like to give a message by her appearance and choosing that day. So that settles their argument as far as a revisionist. And we should oppose these things and teach our children the truth. And the story of Legend Squanto that we're about to play to you, you'll see you're you'll hear that there was an instrumental part of the Catholic Church, specifically a Catholic priest, that made the events of Thanksgiving possible. And so always beautiful to go back into how things unfolded and how things happened and what took place and see the magnitude of God's hand in our work and our life and how history unfolds. So we'll go right into the story of the legend of Squanto, and uh, we do have a break in the middle of it. And from there, you'll be able to listen to the whole story, and I think you'll enjoy it. And tomorrow, you can now go ahead and, and restream this to your guest or who, the family, 
and uh, play it through the next uh, few days. It's a beautiful story. I think you'll get a lot out of it. So as always, we want to wish you happy Thanksgiving and a special prayer with Our Lady. I'm David Suchet for Focus on the Family Radio Theatre. Almost 400 years ago, the Western world saw an unprecedented time of exploration and discovery. Men in ships left their countries of France, Spain and England to venture to the wild, uncharted realms of what became known as the New World. But the explorers didn't find uninhabited lands. They came upon an entire civilization of Indian tribes, people whose ancestry stretched back for centuries. For some, the Indians represented an opportunity for trade and understanding. Others saw the Indians as a race to be exploited. It is against this backdrop that our story takes place. Early in the 17th century, one man found himself caught in the conflict between the arriving Europeans and the Native Americans. As a result, he experienced great pain, tragedy, and surprisingly, a mercy that may inspire us today. Join us now as Focus on the Family Radio Theatre presents The Legend of Squanto. Listen while I tell you a story. It is the story of a boy who became a great brave, an orphan of one tribe who became the brother of many. A slave who set captives free. A warrior who became a courageous peacemaker. You know of him. Our people speak of his legend to this day, though his spirit long ago departed. He was a child of the Patuxet tribe on what they now call Cape Cod. Our hearts race when we think of them and their village and the change that came when the Europeans first arrived. The French traded with all our tribes. Later came the English, with their vast ships, enticing ways, and dark hearts. Well, Captain Hunt, I believe His Majesty will be most impressed with the success of our voyage. You'll continue down the coast? Yes. I will take my ship to, uh... At this point, mm -hmm. negotiating with the savages... Indians, Captain, if you please. Yes, right. Having negotiated with the various tribes along the way, we will then return to England. Any efforts to thwart the French and their trading agreements will bode well for the ones who accomplish it? No one has accomplished more than the illustrious Captain John Smith. I am your servant and staunch admirer. <laughs> Farewell, sir. God speed you on your travels, Captain Hunt. Pardon, Captain Hunt, but did you say we were returning to England? You heard correctly, Wallace. But what of our deal with the merchants in Spain? They're expecting... I know what they're expecting, and they will not be disappointed. I said we would return to England, but I did not say we would go there directly. 
Captain Smith thinks these savages are good for negotiations, but I believe they're good for other purposes. Higher paying purposes. Assemble the landing party. Once Captain Smith and his ships have departed, we will go ashore. To negotiate. Aye, sir. Captain Hunt was a black-hearted man, filled with greed and deception. That our many tribes have since fallen victim to his ways is a deep sadness to me. But in those days, it was not yet so. We were innocent in our traditions, none more so than young Tisquantum. You sent for me, father? Yes, Tisquantum. Sit down, my son. Yes, father. My son, you have grown rapidly in the last season. You have experienced the great hunt, the ceremony of manhood, and acceptance as the warrior you are. With a full and happy heart, I believe you will one day walk as I have walked. You will be a great sachem. Thank you, father. But a man cannot be a sachem without a woman to help carry his wisdom and feed his strength. That is why I have spoken with Sassamon about his daughter Manachet. You have known her since you were a small child. I know you have great affection for her. That is true? Yes, it is. <laughs> then you will not resist her as your bride. You would take her to your breast with your whole heart? Yes, father, I will. Good. Then we will settle the matter tomorrow at the tribal meal. Father, Sisquantum, come quickly. A large boat in the bay, hurry. Is it a French ship? Do you think they've come to trade? It is not French. It is English. How do you know? Satosqua of the Nossets told me of the English ships and the colors they carry. They have been negotiating trade with many of the tribes in this country. Why haven't they traded with us? They may be here to trade with us now. Will you meet with them, Father? Mm, if they come to greet us in peace, yes. But I see no scouts, no canoes, no representatives. May I go around to the ridge? I can see more clearly from there. I'll go with you. No, Patawak. Stay here. I want Patawak to go with you to Squantum. Then he may run back to tell me what you see from the ridge. I will be your messenger. Yes, son, you will. Now go, both of you. Yes, sir. Slow down, Tisquantum. If you want to be a messenger, you'll have to keep up. You were trying to get rid of me. Father said I could come. Well, come then, but please be quiet. How can I scout with you chattering on? Wait. Look. What? Don't you see it? A small boat around the cove. There, on the beach. Ah. They've come ashore. Quickly, Patawak, run and tell Father that the English are already... Ah! Squat him! Run, Patawak, run! Father, help! That was easy enough. Do you want me to go after the little one? No, too scrawny. We'd never get a good price for him, and he probably wouldn't survive the voyage. This one looks strong. Hey there, lad. You speak English? I didn't think so. Parlez-vous français? Obviously not the talkative type. Take him back to the ship. That's fine, Captain Hunt. Shall we look for more? I'd like to, but I'm afraid we won't have the room on the ship. He'll be enough for now. Hey, Savage! How would you like to see the world? Hey. Well, you're going to see it whether you want to or not. <laughs> At least, you're going to see Spain. <laughs> Let's go! Oh, I think he wants to say goodbye. These savages aren't like you and me. They don't care about goodbyes. 
They live for survival only. No attachments, no family. They hunt and sleep. I even heard they eat their young for dinner. But they'll learn our ways, or die trying. Now keep quiet and maybe you won't get hurt. Here's some of your mates to keep you company. You can grunt at each other. <laughs> Another brother joins us. What has happened? Who are you? I am Sasakomet of the Wampanoag tribe. From the Algonquins, I am Manida. Sketwaras from the noble Penacooks. I am Tisquantum of the Patuxets. I don't understand. Why have they put us here? Because they are cowards and would not fight us as honorable men. They sneak and steal like foxes among chickens. We are hostages then. Will they use us to get food or supplies? We do not know their minds or their schemes. It's a mistake. Mm. I said the same thing a week ago. Even as one of their leaders, the one called Captain Smith, smoked the pipe of peace and exchanged gifts with our leaders, this one, with the wolf's eyes... Captain Hunter. ...made his plans to capture us as slaves. Slaves?! It is true, young one. I've seen the look in his eyes. It is the same look I've seen in others who have come to steal our people away. Mm. A look of greed and spilled blood. We must fight! We must find a way to escape! It's of no use, young one. Even if you escape this place of darkness, there are many men to capture you outside. No! My father will take action! My tribe will wage war! I'm sure they would, but how will they wage war against a ship like this? Listen to the waves against the side of the boat, young one. We are moving from the land. No! The Great Spirit would not allow innocent men to die this way! Die? We will not die. Though we may wish it were otherwise. Our brothers were captives for several days in the dark belly of the great English boat. Water and cornmeal were brought to them, but they did not see the light of the sun, nor speak to the English captain. Tis Quantum thought of his tribe, his home. He thought how his mother would suffer and weep, how his stern-jawed father would betray no emotion. He thought of his brother and baby sister, of the bride he now might never marry. His heart grew heavy as a stone. But it was not hard. It broke into small pieces that melted and became tears in his eyes. He thanked the Great Spirit for the darkness so the other braves would not see him cry. One day, as the sun was at its highest, the doorway to their prison was open. Everybody up! The captain wants to see you. Still don't understand English? Get up! On your feet! Come with me! Here they are, Captain! Excellent. <coughs> you better douse them with water after this, Wallace. Aye, Captain. Now... Let's see if I can make you savages understand what I'm saying. Look here. These are called maps. Do you see these drawings? You are from here. 
That is your home. Village. Why is this going to be a long voyage if I had to do this the whole way? You want me to teach them? Yes. And get that rascal we captured in Madrid to teach them the rudimentaries of Spanish. It'll add to their value. Aye, sir. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. Your home, here. Now, we are on the ocean, here. Big water. You see? Now, escape is impossible. Unless you want to drown or be eaten by sharks. You understand? <sighs> to continue, we are taking you here, to Malaga, Spain. There, I will sell you as slaves. You world Indians fetch a good price in Spain. On the way, you will eat. Food. Yum, yum! I will also allow you to walk on the deck. The top of Big Canoe. Sunlight, if you behave yourselves. Besides, the healthier you are, the better the price. When you can speak some English, I will have questions for you. I want to know about trade routes and the sizes of your tribes and... Oh, never mind. This is trying my nerves, Wallace. Get them out of here. Aye, aye, Captain. Come on, you uncivilised brutes! The sun and the moon changed hands. The wind and the waves toyed with the ship. Storms came so fiercely that the braves cried out to the Great Spirit to cease his anger and spare them all. Captain Hunt allowed them to walk in the bright sun and fresh air on deck, but he also made them learn foreign tongues, English and Spanish. Tisquantum, the youngest captive, could not help but be impressed with the workings of the great English boat and by the vastness of the waters. And when in time they saw land on the horizon, he felt a quickening in his heart. How many of his tribe had ever traveled so far? How many would ever see the lands beyond the mighty waters? In the secret places of his heart, he believed that he could learn wonders from the white man's world. Wonders he would take back to share with his tribe. But he was still young in years and did not understand where he was being taken and for what purpose. He did not understand truly the meaning of the word slave. Move along, savages! And don't pretend you can't understand me. Keep your heads up! We want your future owners to be impressed. Wallace! Wallace, move them! Quickly! We don't have time to dawdle. Something wrong, Captain. It's the local priests again. They have promised to put a stop to any slave auctions, so we have to hurry before they find out. The church has eyes and ears everywhere. You are the Captain Savages! Quick now! The auction is starting! We have a rare privilege this day. Our good friend, Captain Hunt, has joined us. 
Now, most of you know the captain and have been fully satisfied with his uh, merchandise in the past, huh? Today would be no exception. He has brought to us five Indians from the New World. We will start the bidding immediately. One never knows when we could be interrupted, huh? <laughs> so, step up, gentlemen. Undo the knots in your purse strings and make your pleasure known, huh? One by one, our brothers were traded for pieces of gold and silver. One by one, they were dragged away in chains. Yet they acted bravely, with the courage and honor expected of our tribes. Captain Hunt offered Tisquantum last, knowing that his youth and strength would bring a greater price. Now, we have been generous until now. We have allowed you to steal from us with such low bids. But we have here the best of the lot. You see him for yourselves. Strong body and a quick mind. Do you understand my words, Indian? Yes, I do. Entiendes, Indio? Si. English and Spanish. He learned with a hunger that those other older Indians could not achieve. Imagine what you could do with a servant like him. So, where shall we start our bidding, yeah? 20 pounds sterling, hmm? Yeah? What do I hear? Nada. You will hear nothing. And you will receive nothing. What's this all about? Who is that? Be calm, Captain Hunt. Take the chains off of the Indian quickly, huh? Father Juan, it is so good to see you today. We did not expect you to join us for our little gathering. Gathering, huh? You are a merchant of flesh, Ortega. And I am here to put a stop to it. Oh, no, Father, you misunderstand. We are gathered here to greet our friends from the New World. I am not fooled by your smile or your lies. You know the church expressly forbids slavery. I will not have it. Is this the only poor soul you are selling today, or am I too late? Father, be reasonable. Oh, oh I am too late then. But this one, you will not have. Just oh. wait, Padre. This one belongs to me. Belongs to you? We belong only to God, Captain. No, he didn't mean belongs, Father. He mean only they have traveled together a great distance as friends. I am to believe that this slave dealer has merely befriended an Indian? <laughs> Tell me, my young Indian, are you his friend? He can't talk to you. He speaks only Indian. Is that true, young Indian? I speak little Spanish and English. Only a little. Good. Then you must know enough of our language to be able to explain to me how you are supposedly the Captain's friend, yet suffer the marks of chains on your wrists and ankles. I've had enough of this. Oh, Captain, please. I will not be threatened nor bullied, Captain. I act under the authority of the church, and this man will come with me for protection. You don't oh, no. act under the authority of my church. Nonetheless, I act with the authority of the church accepted by all who are here. They may risk their mortal souls by standing against me, but I suspect that they will not. Or have I misjudged the people of my parish, Ortega? No, Father. Ah, then we will leave now. And you may be certain that the governor and I will have words about this evil enterprise. Come, my child. I am leaving with you? Yes, you are. Come. This is intolerable. How dare the 
church interfere with our business. I warned you, Father Juan has been like that since he arrived a year ago. I won't have it. I didn't bring that Indian all this way just to hand him over to a priest. He's worth a lot of money to me. Oh, you sold four. You would have lost them to Father Juan if he'd arrived any sooner. Consider yourself lucky. I'll consider myself lucky when you pay me what I lost. I am under no obligation, Captain. Then don't tell me how to consider myself. I want that Indian back. Church or no church, I'll get him! Sit down, my son, please. You must be weary. Here, have some water and bread. So, you speak Spanish and English. A little. A little will help a lot, my son. What is your name? Disquantum, of the Partuxets. I am Father Juan, of the Christians. You are great chief. Me, chief? Oh, no, no. I am a servant, a servant of God. God? The Great Spirit? That depends on whether by Great Spirit you mean the God of all creation. I do not understand. You will in time. But first you must tell me from where you've come. From where? Where is your home, your tribe, your village? Across the great waters. I assumed as much. Let's see if I have a map. Ah, a map. It's an old map. You won't find many of the new countries on it. Father Juan! Yes! Ah, Ortega. They're coming. Who? Captain Hunt and his crew. They want the Indian back. Well, they can't have him. But they are prepared to... They're ready to do anything. They have no regard for you or the church. Please, Father, give him back to them, and then they will live in peace. You sound afraid, Ortega. These are old business partners of yours. Why are you afraid? I am afraid for you. Please, Father. They cannot take this man and sell him into slavery. I will not allow such a thing. It is an offense to God. Then run, hide. You must not be here when they come. I will not run, nor hide. Now leave us in peace, Ortega. And may God have mercy on your soul. Father. Thank you, Ortega. Goodbye. I bring grief to your home. Not at all. Miguel? Miguel? I will not run and hide. But we must get you to safety. I will stay by your side and fight, like a man. There'll be no fighting here. Yes, Padre. I want you to take this quantum to the monastery. But he's an Indian. Is he? I hadn't noticed. How observant of you. Now, move quickly. Tell the Father Prior that he is to treat this quantum as one of our brothers. I will come as soon as I can. Yes, Padre. Uh, you come with me. To Big House in Mountain. He's an Indian, Miguel, not an idiot. Yes. Sorry, Padre. I, I wish to stay with you, to face my captors on Field of Honor. <laughs> Your captors have no honor, my son. Now, obey me and go. I will deal with them, then come to you as soon as I can. Miguel? Yes, Padre. Why are you still standing there? Uh, yes. 
Let us go, Tisquantum. Tisquantum. Tisquantum did not want to run away. As he and the one called Miguel rode a donkey into the Spanish mountains, he thought of his home, his family, and of his brothers who had been sold into slavery. His heart burned with anger. Captain Hunt and his men arrived at the home of Father Juan. They were filled with the rage caused by white men's drink. Father Juan stood tall and met them at the door. What do you want? I want my savage back. He's not your savage. Bloody priest. I'll tear your house apart. Tear my house apart. Tear me apart. And you will not find him. He is gone. I have conducted him to safer parts of our country. I want compensation. Your compensation is that God may spare you his wrath for your offense. My offense? Listen to me, priest. I want payment for that Indian. You can hand it over willingly or my men will squeeze it out of you. You will not receive a pound nor a peso from me. Then we'll take it in kind from your house. Wallace! Yes, sir. You know what you have to do? All right, men. Take the house! Captain Hunt! Stop! What is this? An ambush? Ortega? Take your men back to your ship, Captain Hunt. Or risk bloodshed at the hands of the governor's guard. This is none of your affair. Uh, there you are wrong. We cannot sit back and allow you to threaten one of our priests. You hypocrite! You're a slave trader as well! I am a simple businessman, yes. And I know that attacking priests in the name of commerce is uh, bad for business. Take your men away. I won't forget this, Ortega. You will not forget until you have another shipment to sell to us. Farewell, Captain. Back to the ship, Wallace. Aye. You heard the captain. Everyone back to the ship. <sighs> I never suspected such courage of you, Ortega. I am particularly courageous when supported by the governor's guards. <laughs> Good night, Father. <laughs> Good night. I will expect to see you in confession tomorrow. Yes, Father. Two full moons passed Fortis Quantum at the monastery in the mountains. The monks, as they are called, treated Tis Quantum with kindness. They taught him of their god and their worship and their ways of releasing the Earth's great bounty. Tisquantum was like the dry ground in the rain, drinking in as much as they gave. But his tribe, he never forgot. It was his desire to return one day to teach them all he'd been taught by the monks. You see, Tisquantum, we use the fish remains as fertilizer. Even in this soil, it aids the growth of the vegetables. We have a wonderful harvest as a result. God has been good. Yes, your God is a powerful God. Is he not your God as well? I believe in your God, but I still cannot understand how it is that he became a man. To walk the earth like us and, and die. Can any of us truly understand it? Yet he did. You have seen our scriptures. The sacred words. Yes. 
He took our sins to the cross and then rose again on the third day to defeat death. But he did so for you and other Europeans. I am an Indian. Under this flesh, we are no different. What he did, he did for the entire world. Even Captain Hunt and others who steal men to make them slaves? Yes. He died even for Captain Hunt. If only for Captain Hunt. His love and forgiveness are that vast. Hmm. I would respect your God more if he would punish Captain Hunt. And other sinners like him. Yes. Then he would have to begin with me. He would have to kill me first, this quantum. But you are a good man. I may seem good, but I am corrupt. Like you, like Captain Hunt. Our sins may not be so obvious to the human eye, nor so great by human measurements, but they are there, everyone, for God to see. This for those sins that God's son died, great or small. This is a mystery to me. Yes, it is. But a mystery I pray you will embrace with your whole heart before you go. Before I go? Am I to go somewhere? I receive a message from Father Juan this morning. He wants you to return to Malaga with us when we take our crops to market. He says he has good news for you. What good news? I have found a way to get you home, my son. Back to your land and your people. How can this be accomplished? I have an acquaintance who is a trader. Not like Captain Hunt. He is honorable and filled with the love of God. He conducts business in England, sometimes on behalf of our king, and knows a wealthy merchant named John Slaney. We have discussed the matter, and he is confident that once he gets you to England, you will then find the means to return to the New World through Mr. Slaney. As a slave? Oh, no. You will go as a servant, a valuable servant who is intelligent and noble and speaks not only your own tongue, but also the tongues of the Spanish and the English. If the English are half as smart as I think they are, they will find you of great service to them. I am sorry, Father, but my heart is heavy. I do not trust the English. Oh, listen, my child. Every nation has its Captain Hunts, those who persecute and oppress. Not all Englishmen are like him. Are there Christians in England? <laughs> yes, I suppose so. <laughs> Though most are not members of our church. They believe in your God and in your Jesus, but are not part of your tribe? No. How can this be? It's a long, long story, and would only confuse you. It confuses me at times. <laughs> now, gather your things. Your journey begins this very day. So quickly? My acquaintance leaves on a ship this very night. But this would require us to say goodbye. Not goodbye, this quantum. Till we meet again. Will we meet again, Father? Accept the love and forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart. And yes, we will meet again. Perhaps one day. But I cannot make my heart yield now. It is too restless and still too full of hate against those who stole me from my people. Then I will pray for you, my son. And God will work in your heart. 
Thank you, Father, for all you've done. Come, your ship awaits. This quantum was taken to meet Father Juan's friend, the noble Luis Valdez. For the second time in his life, this quantum entered a large boat. But this time, he did not sleep in the dark hole as a slave, but entered the quarters as the nobleman's servant. They departed Malaga, Spain that night. This quantum watched the land grow faint on the horizon and gave thanks for his new freedom, not to a distant great spirit, but to the God of Father Juan and Miguel and all the compassionate monks who had treated him as a brother. A new adventure was about to begin. This quantum was taken by Luis Valdez from Spain to a large English village called Southampton. It is where many of their boats reach shore. Luis Valdez, who was kind and wise about the white man's ways, knew that his quantum's worth was not in his skills as a servant, but in his knowledge as an Indian. There were many merchants in the great English city called London who hoped to establish trade with the tribes in our land, a land they called America. This quantum could help them to understand the ways of our people. So it was that Luis Valdez brought this quantum to meet a gentleman named John Slaney. Mr. Slaney was a man who knew much about money. He was what the white man called a treasurer for the Newfoundland Company, a tribe of men who wanted to make business with our people. So, you are Tisquantum. Well, it is a pleasure to meet you, young man. <laughs> Louis Valdez spoke highly of you. I hope I'll not be disappointed. Uh, I hope you will not, as well, be. <laughs> we, we shall have to work on your English. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and ultimately, when I think you're ready, there are men to whom you'll be introduced. Men who have power and influence. They will want to hear you speak of your country and your people. And they will want you to assist us with our plans to make trade agreements. I will not help you to make slaves of my people. Slaves? Good heavens, dear boy. We have no interest in that. Your Captain Hunt had a great interest in it. Yeah, Captain Hunt is an exception. We are not all cutthroats in our business dealings. Allow me to speak plainly, young man. You want to go home. Well, I can see to it that you are returned home. But it will be on one of our trade ships. And before I can persuade the men with money to allow our trade ships to go, I must impress them with your knowledge. Mm. Now, do you understand me? If I help you to get what you want, you will help me to get what I want. Precisely. I will do what I can. Excellent, excellent. 
Now, for the time being, I'll employ you as a servant. Now, this will enable you to see London, learn our ways, our speech, and, and mostly <laughs> get you out of those monks' clothes. What? <laughs> Into something civilized. When we get home, I'll get Mr. Dilber to fetch my tailor immediately. It's time you, my friend, had a change of wardrobe. What? <laughs> Tis Quantum was dressed as an Englishman. Please, do not pull at the lace. Mr. Slaney will not approve. But it makes my skin itch. I have slept on anthills that were not as annoying. He was taught the ways of the English. The fork goes on the left-hand side of the plate. An inch and a half is the recommended distance. No, that's a fish fork. And that's a pastry fork. Yes, that's the correct one. Now let's start with the spoons. He saw firsthand the great cities of the English. Stay close to me, Tisquantum. I wish they wouldn't stare at me. They've never seen anything like you. Only women braid their hair in this country. Perhaps we should have tucked it up under your hat. I said I didn't want to come. No, it's not as bad as all that. We'll buy our fish and vegetables and go. Too many people. Too much noise. This is London, young man, not your monastery. If you're to be presentable to Mr. Slaney's employers, you must grow accustomed to their ways. Well now, what have we got here? Good day, Mr. Larson. Mr. Dilber, this must be the famous Indian I keep hearing about. It is, and I'd be grateful if you'd not make a scene. A scene? Well, you can't parade this freak and not expect a scene. Does it speak English? You know very well that he does. Well, why won't he talk to me then? Talk to me, savage. Oh, he's rude. No ruder than you are, sir. Well, talk to me, Indian. Oh, please, Tisquantum, just say something so we can get on with our business. Yeah, say something. Ugh. Oh, that's clever. Now, maybe you just don't understand me, is that it? Let me speak in your language, then. Mr. Larson. Oh, no, I can do it, you know. I can speak Indian. <coughs> Go on, answer me, savage. <coughs> we are amused, Mr. Larson. Thank you. <coughs> Go on! Answer me, you long-haired monkey. If you'll excuse us. I won't. No. Until he answers me. <laughs> Impolite freak, I'm talking to you. Come along, Tisquantum. Oh, no, you don't. I want the savage to talk to me. Or if he won't talk, maybe he'll give me something else. How about a lock of his hair, eh? Put away the knife, Mr. Larson. Cut off his braid, and I'll hang it in my... Ow! Let go of me, you savage! Drop the knife. Look, you Indian, I won't... Oh, all right! All right! Are you satisfied? Thank you. Can't take a joke, is that it, savage? You need to keep your monkey on a leash, Mr Dilber. You got less than you deserve, Mr Larson. Yeah, we'll see about it. See about whatever suits you. But inasmuch as my employer, Mr Slaney, is in a position to speak to your employer... I suggest you be very careful. Mr. Slaney prizes Tisquantum highly. 
I'm certain you'd find it terribly embarrassing to lose your situation over what you call a joke. Is that so, Mr. Dilber? That is so, Mr. Larson. Good day. I'm sorry, Mr. Dilber. I hope I did not inconvenience you. Frankly, I'd hoped you were going to scalp him with that knife. <laughs> That's a French custom, Mr. Dilber. It is not what we Indians do. French? Hmm. I'm not a bit surprised. Tisquantum not only learned of the white man's life, he also learned more of the white man's religion. I'm sorry, sir, but you'll simply have to explain it to him. I have tried my best and failed. Well, now calm yourself, Mr. Dilber. What is the question? He wants to go to church this Sunday. Yes, and so he should. A Catholic church? What? I'm sorry, dear boy, but it can't be done. May I ask why? Because we're Englishmen, and the English do not submit to Roman authority. Good King Henry VIII made sure of that, as did our beloved Queen Elizabeth. So if you're going to church, you'll have to go to our church. Do you not worship the same God? Well, yes, yes, I suppose you could say we do. The same son of that God, Jesus Christ? Well, yes, yes. And no, our understanding of Jesus Christ is different from what the Catholics believe. Yet you read the same sacred words. Yes, yes, the Bible. Yes, yes, we, we do read the Bible. Uh, however, what they read and what we read results in two different interpretations. <laughs> do you understand? No. Oh, dear, dear. If you believe in God and his son, Jesus Christ, then why do you not agree? Why do we not agree? Well, because we... Uh, you see, I... Oh, oh, help me, Mr. Dilbert. I'm not the Archbishop of Canterbury, you know. I've been trying to explain it to him all morning. We simply don't agree, Tisquantum. Confound it, ma'am. Don't you Indians ever disagree? One big happy family, huh? Is that what you all are? We do not always agree. We wage war and fight about hunting grounds and matters of honor. But we do not disagree about the great spirit and the brotherhood of our tribes. Well, that's not the English way. We argue about everything, particularly religion and politics, which, of course, are never discussed in polite society. If you do not discuss them, then how do you disagree? Yes. Well, now, that, sir, is the true mystery of our people. And meanwhile, you'll have to be content with our church. Tisquantum went to the sacred place where the English met their god. It was very, very large. It is called a cathedral. Yes. Your god must be very big. Bigger than the god of the monks in Spain. We met him in a small chapel. God is not large or small, Tisquantum. He simply is. Then why do you have such a large meeting place for him? Because we want to do him honor. We believe that large buildings like cathedrals bring praise to him. It lets him know how much we love him. But that doesn't mean he won't meet people in smaller buildings. Honestly, you Indians are so literal. God is bigger than our world, and yet he can fit within your heart. <laughs> That'll keep you thinking for a while, won't it? <laughs> <laughs>
Father Juan said the very same thing. Well, there you are then. We don't disagree about everything. Hmm? Now, now, do be quiet. The church service is about to start. Many moons came and went. Tisquantum observed the English and learned all he could from them. With their strange smelling oils which they spread on their bodies, their painted faces, their false hair which they wore like funny hats, and their decorative clothes which would not last a single moon in the wilderness. Tisquantum was doubtful that these people had the courage or honor to do more than eat, drink, and sleep away their days. He took comfort in this thought. If he helped the English to trade with the tribes, he knew they could never do his people much harm. Mr. Slaney at last decided that it was time for Tisquantum to meet his employer, Mr. Ferdinando George, and a ship's captain named Thomas Dermer. They sat down together at a great table and ate large quantities of food. <laughs> right now, Slaney, we have had a splendid meal. Yeah. Let's get on with it. Yes, bring out this Indian we've heard so much about. And what, pray tell, have you heard about Tisquantum? Oh, don't be coy. You know very well, he's the talk of London. Oh, is he? Well, what did you think? That you could bring an Indian to London, dress him up as an Englishman and not have people notice him? That's all my servants talk about. How they saw the Indian at the market or run in an errand for you. I met with some members of Parliament just last Tuesday. and They were talking about him. Parliament, you say? <laughs> I'm glad to hear of it. I've also heard that you've been taking him to church. Church, Slaney. Have you become a missionary to the heathen now? Well, he is interested, and I, I would not deny him the opportunity to learn more of our God. <laughs> yeah, well, good for you. Yeah. Now, will you please do us the honour of introducing him? I will, I will, I will indeed. Uh, Mr Dilber, please bring in Tisquantum. Yes, sir. Uh, Slaney, you know how anxious the Newfoundland Company is about the colonies? We've had our share of successes and failures there. So these stockholders are wary. As your treasurer, I'm more than aware of their feelings. All that notwithstanding, we fear that if we don't move more quickly, the French will gain a foothold on the lands mm. we are interested in. Our desire is for New England to stay as New England. Yes. Oh, yes, sir, yes. It's my intention to impress you enough with what Tis Quantum has to say that you and the stockholders of the company will take instant action. Ah, here he is. Ah. <laughs> A gentleman, I give you Tisquantum of the Portuxet tribe near Cape Cod. And Tisquantum, allow me to introduce Mr. Fernando George and Captain Thomas Dermer. It is a pleasure to meet you, gentlemen. Oh, hey, oh, hey. Delightful. Most impressive. Now then, gentlemen, shall we retire to the drawing room? Where Tisquantum will be glad to answer all of your questions. Indeed. <laughs> this way, this way. Through all the rest of that evening, as the candles grew dim, Tisquantum spoke of our land. He told of the fertile fields, the rich forests, and the clear streams. They asked about the goods traded between the tribes, their agreements with the French, the paths and hunting grounds they used. 
Mr. Slaney spoke of the soil of New England and how it would accept English seeds for crops. The night grew long. The men talked and talked. Until Mr. George finally said, It can be done. I believe it's possible. Slaney, if you and your Indian... Uh, Tis quantum, sir. If you can make as effective a demonstration to the stockholders as you have to us, we'll have the investment we need. Yes. The king will have to grant us a new charter. Wouldn't you say, Captain Dermot? Oh, yes, sir. It sounds promising enough. Leave it to me to make the arrangements. Oh, this is good, Slaney. This is very good. Well, thank you, Mr. George. And thank you, Tisquantum. I'm at your service, sir. Mr. George worked hard to impress his rich white friends that an expedition to our land would fill their purses with much gold. Several moons came and went. Then the news came to Mr. Slaney's house that the great white chief, King James, had given them permission to sail three of their large ships to New England under Captain Dermot. Open a bottle of wine, Mr. Dilber. This is a day of celebration. Yes, sir. Sit down, Tisquantum. Or stand. Or dance. I, I don't care. <laughs> I couldn't be happier with the news. I see your happiness, Mr. Slaney. What? <laughs> oh, come now. How can you look so stern-faced? Don't you know what this means? I know it means that you and the Newfoundland Company will try to make a lot of money. But it, is that all it means to you? You have not spoken of anything else. Oh, I understand now. My dear boy, have you been amongst the English all this time and you... Ah, you still don't understand unless you're spoken to directly. Indians are raised to be plain and forthright in their speaking. All right then, all right then. Let me speak plainly to you. You think I've forgotten what I told you at the beginning, right? Put your heart to rest. I have not forgotten. Captain Derma's expedition for America will leave very soon, and you, my friend, will be with him. Huh? <laughs> yes, I have secured your place as his translator and guide. Your wine, sir. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Dilber. Tisquantum, I drink to you and to your voyage home. Hmm. Home. When Tisquantum arrived at Captain Dermer's ship, his heart was heavy. While he longed to see his own people again, he knew that Mr. Slaney had made him welcome as a member of another tribe, the Englishman's tribe. And no point in getting sentimental, Tisquantum. I, well, I, I'll miss you. All the, the very best of luck, dear boy. And God be with you. Farewell, Mr. Slaney. I am grateful to you, and... And... and oh, 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 now, do, do stop and, and, and get on the boat. You know how we English hate emotional scenes. Yes, sir. And goodbye. Goodbye. As a young man, Tisquantum was stolen from his people and his land. Now he turned his face into the salty wind 
and looked forward to his return as a brave warrior who had seen more in a few years than most would see in a lifetime. invite you to an experience of a lifetime. Come to the five-day annual retreat, December 8th through 12th, the five days of the reconciling of ourselves, our families, and our nation back to God, a prayerful gathering to implore the mercy of God upon our families and nation. America was given a beautiful gift on Thanksgiving Day November 24, 1988. The Virgin Mary appeared in an open field, consecrating the spot by her heavenly visitation. Today, Our Lady appeared and she was very happy when she came. She announced through the Medjugorje visionary, Maria Lunetti, she was here to help us and that she would intercede for you to God for all your intentions. Experience Our Lady. Experience Retreat. Experience Christmas. Experience a place fragranced by the Queen of the Angels herself and leave moved deep within your heart. With Our Lady appearing 27 years in Medjugorje, come to a special place she's visited, designated, and allow Our Lady to enlighten you in regard to God's plans to renew the face of the earth, nay, even all of creation. For more information, call Caritas at 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Captain Dermer's three ships left England early in the springtime of the year the English call 1619. Winter's grip had not loosened yet. His quantum feared that the sleet and hail that lashed the boats was a warning from the English god to stay away. Captain Dermot took his quantum on his ship south to New England. They kept close to the shore from Maine to Massachusetts. Does it look familiar to you, Tisquantum? Yes, it does. Though the tribes of these parts have been enemies to my tribe. I am surprised that we don't see anyone. Surely they would notice a ship as large as this. Maybe they aren't as impressed with large ships as they used to be. Disquantum, if we encounter any Indians, will you speak to them? Will you assure them, on behalf of the Newfoundland Company, that we have no wish for anything other than peace? I will do what I can. And will you assure me also that when we put to shore, you won't run away? You dishonor me, Captain Dermot. I only mean... I know that... well what you mean. I have come to help you in exchange for my freedom. I will not accept my freedom until I have fulfilled my duties. 
Of course. I'm sorry, Tis Quantum. I didn't mean to dishonor you. Mr. McPhee, prepare a boat for shore. Aye, aye, Captain. Captain Dermer, Tis Quantum, and a small group of men went ashore in what they now call Northern Massachusetts. They found a village. Shout if you see anyone, and keep your muskets at the ready. What do you make of it, Tisquantum? It is an empty village? Yes, I can see that, but why? Possibly they have hidden from fear, or they are about to attack. Oh, good. What is that awful smell? Captain! Captain, come quickly! What is it, Mr. McPhee? Oh, Mr. Blake, sir. The plague, Captain! What? Near the edge of the forest. Bodies by the score. Piled up. Are you sure it's the plague? They weren't attacked. Oh, no wounds. No weapons. It's the plague, all right. I know the look. The survivors must have created a funeral pyre and taken off. Merciful heavens. Get the men back to the boat and hurry. Aye, aye, Captain. Back to the ship, everyone. Come on, back to the ship. Captain. May we proceed directly to Cape Cod now? This may be the only incident. Don't be unduly alarmed or imagine the worst. May we go? Of course. Captain Dermer steered his ship further south. The land taunted his quantum. His heart raced wildly as he drew closer and closer to the home he had not seen in over five years. But the absence of people of the smoke from village fires, of any signs of life, worried him. The captain, our brother, and a group of men took a small boat and reached what they now call Cape Cod. Disquantum threw himself into the waves and ran ashore. He cried out in the language of his people. Hello! Is there anyone here? Hello! He ran along the old pathways, now overgrown and unused. It was as if the forest itself had taken back any sign that his people had ever existed. Hello! It is Tisquantum! I've come home! Mother! Father! Potowak! Stumbling, falling, running as a wild animal, Tisquantum came to the edge of his village. His heart longed to be greeted by his brother and sister, to be embraced by his mother, to tell his story to his father around the great fire. He was met by a cold silence. The village was deserted. The mud huts and wigwams had caved in. On the opposite side of the village, he found the remains. Enough bones for his entire tribe. Their lives had been taken away, perhaps stolen by the white man, just as Tisquantum had been stolen years before. He fell to his knees and prayed to God, any God, to take him to his people in death. Here comes the Indian, sir. What? There, sir. Tis Quantum, we lost you. Did you find your village? Are they... Uh... They're all dead. All? 
Are you sure? Maybe they moved inland. Maybe there are survivors. Don't give up hope too quickly. They are dead. My tribe is no more. I am certain of it. Then may God have mercy. You and I will travel west for two days to the Poconocet tribe. If they and their sachem... Sachem? Chief. If they and their chief, Massasoit, are still alive, we will speak to them of the company's desire to trade. Of course, if they are still alive, they may kill us. Mr. McPhee, get the men ready no, for... No, Captain Dermer. You and I must go alone. Why? If you take many men, the tribes will be suspicious. They may suspect an attack. If only two of us arrive, they will know we are friendly. If not completely foolish. Come, let us assemble supplies for our journey and gifts for Massasoit. Uh, Captain, uh, uh, with all due respect... Yes, Mr. McPhee? Did you not see the look in his eye? It was cold and dry as stone. His tribe is dead and it didn't shed a tear. If he is going to weep, he will not do it in front of us. God help him. But, uh, sir, uh, do you think it's wise to travel alone with him? Why wouldn't it be wise? Well, we're the ones who brought over the diseases, sir. There was no such thing as smallpox or the plague or any of that till we arrived. What's to stop him from luring you into the woods and killing you out of revenge? Nothing, I suppose. Then you won't go. I'll go. Why? Because I have to show that I trust him and that he can trust me. Heaven knows it's the least I can do after all he's been through at our hands. Tis Quantum led Captain Dermer further and further into the forest. Captain Dermer tried to make conversation, but Tis Quantum would not speak. When night fell, they stopped, weary from their journey. They set up a camp where they ate a rabbit, caught and cooked by Tisquantum. Thank you, Tisquantum, for an excellent meal. <clears throat> Will you not speak to me, sir? You've not said a word to me since we left. <sighs> well, not that I blame you. Any white man must be a terrible offence to you now. Let me speak honestly to you, Disquantum. I am deeply sorry for what has happened to your tribe. I can plead only ignorance on behalf of my people. We don't understand the diseases that kill us, nor would we have thought that our diseases would spread with such fury among your people. It is your god. I beg your pardon? Your god is more powerful than the gods of the Indians. He is killing us so that you can have this land. No! I don't believe that. And you mustn't either. Your god sends men to make us slaves. And when we are not your slaves, then he kills us. His hand is a fist that wishes to crush us. Oh, good heavens, Disquantum. It isn't true. It isn't like that at all. No? Then tell me why your god allows men like Captain Hunt to make me a slave. Tell me why your god allows your people to bring disease to wipe out my people. I don't know how to answer that. 
I truly don't. Except that our God is not in Captain Hunt's actions or, or in the disease that we spread. He is in... He is in the priests who saved you from slavery. You told me about that. You first saw the love of our God in the monastery. And he is in Mr. Slaney, who is a fine Christian man. He worked hard to get you home. I served his purpose. That you did, but Mr. Slaney didn't have to promise you your freedom. He could have easily told me to keep you chained up, but he didn't. He promised to get you home because he is a kind and a decent Christian. That is our God, not this God of sickness and death. I wish I could believe you. I wish you could too. You know, if I were in your position, I might feel the same way that you do. But I'm not, so... All I can say is... I'm sorry. On behalf of all of us, I am sorry. And I hope that one day, you can forgive us. Suddenly, Disquantum and Captain Derma were surrounded by Pocanoket Braves, led by a warrior named Epino. Their weapons were aimed at Disquantum's and Captain Derma's hearts. Epinau spoke in clear English. Don't move or we will kill you! Do you understand my English? We will kill you! Tisquantum and Captain Derma were captured and brought to me at my village of Namasket. Epinau knew not to do any harm to his prisoners until I, Wamegan, Yarrowfeather, Sachem, the great chief of the Pocanokets and of the Federation of the Wampanoag, the one called Massasoit, saw them and rendered judgment about their lives. Here they are, great Sachem. This one is called Captain Derma, and this one says he is Tisquantum of the Patuxet tribe. You do not believe him, Epino? Look at how he is dressed. If he was once Tisquantum of the Patuxets, he is no more. He is an Englishman. Will you speak to me in your native tongue, Tisquantum? Humbly, I will speak to you, great Sachem, for I am Tisquantum. How is it that you come to us now? Prove yourself by telling your story. I was kidnapped by an evil English sea captain and intended for slavery in a faraway country called Spain. I was rescued by a priest of their god. Then I went to England, the great island which sends so many ships to our land, where I learned their language, dressed in their clothes, and promised to be their tongue for you, great Sachem. You promised to be their tongue? To help them? After they have tried to make you a slave? I have said so in exchange for my freedom. You have your freedom now, my son. It is my will. Your promise to them is no longer to be fulfilled. Welcome to your home. Thank you, Great Sachem. However, I feel as if I have no home now. My people, I think, are dead. They are, my son. Killed by a terrible spirit brought to us by the white man. Our people grieve with you, 
as we did when death came to your people only three seasons ago. Only three seasons? It is as if I missed them by a single day. And you would have died with them had you been here. I wish I had. But you have not. And so you are alive to fulfill other purposes. What is your desire for this white man, Epino? To kill him, great Sachem. Kill him? I was also captured by the English Tisquantum, and they made me a slave. They beat me and tortured me. It was only by the power of the Great Spirit that I escaped and returned to my people. Now I am sworn to avenge myself and all those who were captured by the white man. Do with him as you wish. Come oh, with me! Great English slave trader! What is happening here? Tisquantum! Wait! Please! Great Sachem, hear me! Wait, Epino! Speak, Tisquantum. I humbly ask that you do not kill this man. No, Great Sachem! Do not listen to this English Indian. Silence, Epino. Go on, Tisquantum. How is it that you, who have been so mistreated by the English, now seek to spare this one's life? Are you infected by them? No, Great Chief. But Captain Dermer is not like the other evil captains who enslave our people. They are not all the same. Just as our tribes and our people are not all the same. I am unconvinced, my son. Your judgment is clouded. You have been with them too long. Yes. It is true that I have been with them a long time, Great Sachem. For that reason, I know their evil and their good. This man has been good to me. I humbly ask you to spare his life. Then his people will know that we are not savages, as they think, but that we too are, are wise and, and just and understand the difference between good men and, and evil men. Hmm. Now you speak persuasively. Great Sachem, do not succumb to his deceit. If we kill this white man, then it will show the others that we are not weak or cowardly. Weakness and cowardice are not always removed by death, Great Massasoit. Sometimes it is the weak and the cowardly who kill. To spare life is also to show great strength and bravery. He speaks with a twisted tongue of the white man. No, he speaks wisely, beyond his youth. It may suit our purposes to allow this white man to live, if not for his kindness to Tisquantum, then for our greater good as a nation. Do not harm him, Epinau. Take him, feed him, and restrain him until I finish speaking with Tisquantum. Yes, great Sachem. Well, Captain, your life is spared. Stop your quivering legs and walk with me. Ah. Tisquantum! You are safe, Captain. Move, pale face. Thank you. Thank you, Tisquantum. I am grateful, Massasoit. Get rid of those white men's clothes. I have many serious matters to discuss with you. Captain Dermer. Oh, it is Quantum. Thank God. They still have you bound? I will untie you. Oh. Oh. Oh, I am grateful. My hands and feet are numb. You have saved my life. I don't know how to thank you. In some ways, you have saved my life, Captain. Shall we say we are even? You can if you want to, but I will forever be in your debt. 
What happens now? I am to take you back to your ship. And then? You will make arrangements to secure better and more impressive gifts from Massasoit. And then he'll entertain your desire for trade. You jest. He wants to trade with us? I was beginning to think that white men are cursed here. They are. Which is one reason why I have to accompany you back to your ship. The entire Federation of the Wampanoag are bloodthirsty for the English. Because they have enslaved so many of our people. Then why does he want to trade with us? Massasoit confessed to me that he is greatly worried by the more powerful tribes to the west. The Narragansetts in particular. It is his belief that if he must choose, that he should become friends with the more powerful white men in order to grow more strong against the other tribes. He is willing to make treaties and to trade in exchange for some of your weaponry and knowledge. <laughs> so, politicians work the same way in all countries. Massasoit is no fool. He sees the future, and it tells him that the white men will continue to come in greater numbers. Now is the time to make friends. He also believes that a treaty is the best way to stop the enslavement. Well, he is a wise man. And what, pray tell, are you going to do once you've returned me to my ship? I will stay here. Grieve for my dead. Then await your return. And then? Massasoit has asked me to be his tongue for the white man. And the white man's tongue for him. You are willing to do that? Can you forgive the white man enough to take his part fairly and honestly? I do not know the answer to that question. For now, I have no choice. I am a man who belongs to no tribe. Am I an Indian? No. The English took care of that. Am I an Englishman? No. I am all that is left of a dead people. What can I be but a tongue for others? With no tongue of my own. I am cursed. Tisquantum took Captain Derma to his ship and to his men. Before they parted, Captain Derma had one final word for his friend. Tisquantum, I have been thinking. Remember you said that you were cursed? Well, I believe that you're wrong. How so? Have you ever heard the story of Joseph? It's told in our Bible, our sacred book. I know of it. Well, he was sold into slavery by his own brothers. And then years later, he became a leader in a foreign land. And he saved his people from a great famine. Is it possible that God has brought you, like Joseph, out of slavery into a position of authority? See, perhaps your experiences have brought you to this moment to be of help not only to the Indians, but also to the English. And perhaps it will take you to even greater moments. All in all, I would say that you are not cursed, but you are blessed by our God. I do not feel blessed by yours or anyone's God. Give it time, my friend. Give it time. Farewell. God willing, I shall see you again. Farewell, Captain. Tis Quantum considered Captain Dermer's words in the deepest places of his heart. He did not know it was the last time he would ever see this white man who had become his friend.
Though my people tried to make Disquantum feel as if he was one of us, he was always distant and stayed alone. His thoughts were secret. He would not take any of our women as a wife. I knew he missed the English and their ways. I knew this to be true by the way he behaved when, one day, another Indian came to our village. His name was Samoset, and he, too, was dressed as an Englishman. Speak, and I will listen. I am Samoset of the Pemaquids, part of the Abnaki Confederacy. Why are you here, brother? And how is it that you are dressed as an Englishman? I have served my people by learning the ways of the English, so that I might speak with them and negotiate treaties with their traders. I have come to be of the same service to you, great Sachem. Your services are not needed here, Samoset. I am fully... Hold your tongue, tis quantum. It is for me to decide whether or not I will need what Samoset offers. I offer only my knowledge. Prove your knowledge. I am certain I can surpass anything you claim to know. I know that an English ship has arrived near the village that once belonged to the Pawtuxet tribe. That is my village. It is no more. The English are even now building a village of their own there. They call it Plymouth. They are building a village? Then they are not merely traders. They are not, Great Sachem. They have brought women and children. They seem determined to live here. Because it is your territory, I thought you would want to know. Obviously, no one else knew to tell you. Mm. It is good to know. Thank you, Samoset. Have you spoken to the English? No, Great Chief. I would not do so until I had your permission to speak on your behalf. I will speak on behalf of Massasoit when the time comes. Great Sachem, I humbly suggest that I leave quickly and- No, Tisquantum! I do not wish to make ourselves known to these strangers who build their own village. I want for you and Samoset to go. Observe them. Watch and learn. Estimate their strength and discern their intentions. I do not need Samoset's help. He has offered it and I accept. You will both go after Samoset has rested. Thank you, great Sachem. Yes, Massasoit. It was my will to allow the strangers to see the fullness of our winter before I would approach them for peace. Our winter would show me their strength. Another child. A child and two adults. How many have they buried so far? Forty, maybe more. I've lost count. Too many. They may all die before the winter's end. We should help them. Massasoit forbids it. Why would you want to help them? Obviously, their god is punishing them for coming to our land. The winter is punishing them. They were ill-prepared. Lacking in supplies and, and knowledge. They came at the wrong season. Maybe our gods are punishing them. No. Our gods have allowed the spirits of your tribe to rise up. This is their revenge against the white man for the diseases which killed them. In my mind, I wish it were true. In my mind, I sometimes wish... 
all white men and their kind would die as my tribe died. Oh, but in my heart. What of your heart? I have seen the white man in his own land. They are each as different as we are. These people are not responsible for the death of my tribe. The gods would not be so unjust as to kill them for what they did not do. You confuse me, Tisquantum. You should revel in their punishment. You should thank the gods that they are suffering as your people suffered. Perhaps I should. But I can't. They are men, women, children, like us. My brothers and sisters, for as much as it has pleased Almighty God of his great mercy to take unto himself the soul of our dear brother Michael, our sister Mary, and the child Nathaniel, we therefore commit their bodies to the ground, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, in sure and certain hope of the resurrection to eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Almost one half of them died in the winter, Great Sachem. It was a terrible thing to behold. They do not have the skills to survive. That means there are less of them to threaten us. I have watched them, Massasoit. They are not a threat. Samoset says that you are impatient to help them. I am. They will die otherwise. Why are you so interested in helping those who made you a slave? One man made me a slave. They are not all like him. They killed your people with their strange illnesses. They did not know what they were bringing to us. Have you forgiven them for what they have done to you? Yes. You miss them. You want to be with the English again? No, Great Sachem. I am happy here. With your mouth, you say you are happy. In your heart, I am not so sure. Why should I give you permission to help the English? Samoset said that they have fired their muskets at you. They were frightened. They didn't know we were only observing them. Hmm. It is spring now. Those who have survived the winter are those who are strongest. We will talk to them. Then may I approach their leaders? No. I will send Samoset. Massasoit. I will send him ahead to speak with them. You and I will follow, once he has shown that they truly are peaceful people. Samoset does not speak English as well as I do. He also does not love the English as you seem to. He will have a clearer mind to discern their intentions. I will hear no arguments about it. Yes, Massasoit. As you say. Go. Give Samoset my instructions. Then we will see about these... Uh, what did you say they call themselves? Pilgrims. The only way to survive is to stay alive. Gentlemen, please, please, gentlemen. Oh, come on now. I beseech you by God's grace to stop this bickering. 
Returning to England is not a consideration. Why did we leave? For the freedom to practice our beliefs. That's true. good it did you this past winter, what with us all starving to death. What's that? You'll have to speak up. You know I can't hear very well. I said practicing your beliefs didn't help us while we were starving to death. I believe you are alive, Captain Standish. <laughs> More than enough to be grateful for. God himself sees our need. He shares our suffering, and he will provide for us the righteous. And what of those of us here who are not so righteous? <laughs> Captain Standish. Yes, Governor Carver. While your jocularity is often enjoyed, it is not appropriate at this time. Enjoy it while you can, for if we have another winter like the last, I'll be laughing from my grave. What? What's that? If we have another winter like the last... Oh, never mind. We will not have another winter like the last, Captain. We have learned from our mistakes. What, for example? We are no more knowledgeable about farming this land than when we first arrived. How will we learn? The only ones who know anything about this blasted land... Language, Captain Standish. The only ones who know about this blessed land are the Indians. And no one believes they'll simply stroll down from their hiding places and offer to help us. As I said, God hears our prayers and... Oh. Indian! What? Indian. What's that noise? Grab your muskets, there's an Indian coming! Good heavens. Let me have a look at him. He's unarmed. What do you think he wants? Welcome. Look! English. His mouth is moving. He's Welcome. saying something. I am Samoset. Welcome, English. Well, what do you make of that? Samoset stayed an entire night with the pilgrims. When he left them, he knew that they were not warlike or a threat to any of the neighboring tribes. We decided to make a peace treaty with them. I dressed up in my finest Sachem robes, surrounded myself with my strongest warriors, and went with Tisquantum to formally greet the English. Tisquantum's face betrayed no emotion, but I knew that his heart was full. The English pilgrims gave me gifts, and I in turn presented them with tokens of our trust. Though they had little food, they offered us a meal. Then we sat down together to make a peace treaty. It was a good day. Massasoit, it has been a pleasure to meet you. God's blessings on your journey home. Mm. And Tisquanto, we are grateful for your help in translating the words of your chief. You are a godsend. Imagine our finding an Indian who speaks English as well as you do. Thank you, Governor. It is Tisquantum, by the way. Not Tisquanto. What did you say? Squanto? No, Governor. I, I said Tisquantum. Then God bless you, Squanto. God bless you all. <laughs> Come, Squanto. We have a long journey home. Massasoit. Hmm? With great respect, I ask your permission to stay. I'm not staying here. No. Not you, Grace Sachem. I would like to stay. Have they asked you to stay? They need my help. I can show them ways to fish, to farm, to survive the next winter. Mm. I understand. Somerset! Yes, Master Soy. Bring me the box. Yes, sir. A box? My son, 
I have seen a spark in your eye which I have not seen since you saved Captain Derma from Epinau's vengeance. Your affection and care for the English are undisguised. Here is the box, Great Sachem. Open it, Disquant. But I don't understand. What is... My clothes? You have kept my English clothes? <laughs> I have not become a great chief by being blind to the hearts of men. Yours is a divided heart, my son. You have served me well as an Indian, while your heart reached out to the English. Now you may serve the English, and perhaps your heart will be fulfilled. Thank you, Master Soit. Wear your clothes again, Squanto, and may your heart finally be united. And so it was that our Bautuxet brother, Disquantum, the last of his tribe, stayed with the English settlers in their village and showed them how to survive in our land, taught them how to catch herring in the nearby streams, capture the great fish from the ocean, and how to plant corn and fertilize it with the remains of fish. It was a trick he learned from the Spanish. I had never heard of it among our tribes. When Governor Carver was called to his guard, William Bradford was made their new chief. He treated Squanto like a close brother. The two of them often walked the countryside together. Squanto worked hard in the fields and with the fishing. And on the many occasions when other Indians came to visit, served as their tongue to the English. And the same back again. He brought peace between them, and in turn, felt peace in his own heart. Squanto, may I have a word with you? Yes, Reverend Brewster. You've become, well, part of our community. Part of our family, I dare say. Mm. The rest of the elders and I have discussed it at length, and we were wondering about your faith. My faith? Mm. Your beliefs. Has anyone ever shown you the Bible? told you about the one true God and his son, Jesus Christ? Yes, I know of them. But do you know of them in your heart? Do you know the love of Jesus Christ? Yes, I do. I have seen it in the actions of good Christians, like you and your people. Why do you ask? Well, we want to invite you to worship with us, Squanto. Perhaps you'll want to be baptized and embrace the holy discipline of prayer and worship and study of the scripture. I... I would be honored, Reverend Brewster. Well then, welcome, brother. Our brother Squanto had found his home. Not only in the land he tilled, or the people he helped, but in his heart where his restlessness became a distant memory. The winter passed, but it was not so cruel to the pilgrims as the first had been. Squanto's help gave them food to store and the means to stay warm through the long cold days and nights. Then came another season of planting, followed by the season of harvest. The pilgrims' bounty was so great that they believed their god had finally given his blessing upon their tribe. And he had done it through Squanto. 
Yes, Governor Bradford? You wish to see me? Ah, Squanto. We would like for you to take a message to Massasoit. Yes, sir. Has something happened? We've had a good harvest, thanks be to God. We wish to invite him and anyone he wishes to bring from his tribe to a harvest home celebration. Hmm. I will have to explain it to him. What is it? In England, when we have had a bountiful harvest, we have a celebration. We have a feast of food and play games. And <laughs> You look puzzled, my friend. Well, he will want to know what exactly is the purpose of this celebration. To give thanks to God, of course. Do you think Massasoit will accept? If it includes food and games, then I am certain he will come. <laughs> I will be honored to ask him. <laughs> of course, I accepted Governor Bradford's invitation to feast with the pilgrims. I brought with me 90 members of my tribe, along with venison, wild cranberries, watercress, leeks, dried berries, and wild plums. The pilgrims fed us their own dishes, made from geese, duck, lobster, clams, corn, green vegetables, and dried fruit. Yes, Squanto had taught them well. Almighty God, we thank you for the sustaining grace of your love and provision through our Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the bounty of fellowship which allows us to share in the food you have given to us. May we receive it with grateful hearts. And may we always remember the assistance of the Indians, yeah. whom you have brought to us as friends and helpmeets. Most particularly, we thank you for Squanto and the knowledge which you gave him to teach us to work and endure. Amen. Amen. Now. <laughs> After we had feasted, Captain Miles Standish and his men paraded for us and showed us their skill with their firearms. We in turn impressed them with our prowess with bows, arrows, and spears. We competed with foot races and jumping games. For three days and three nights, we feasted, played, laughed, and talked. To my old age, I never knew a better and more peaceful time between our peoples. On the third day, Squanto sat at my feet as we watched the children at play. He smiled, but there were tears in his eyes. Tell me the thoughts of your heart, my son. I was thinking. Just as the pilgrims built a new village on the rubble of my old village. So God builds a new life on the rubble of the old. I lost my home, and I have found it again. Squanto stayed with the pilgrims and became one of them. The days that came were not always easy. At times, there was trouble and hardship, but they endured, as we all must. One year after the great feast, Squanto went with Governor Bradford on a trading expedition to the north. Squanto fell ill from a mysterious sickness and collapsed. Some days later, he died. They buried him in the Christian manner, and Governor Bradford 
prayed over his unmarked grave. Almighty Father and God of mercy, we give to you now Squanto, our Indian friend and brother. Receive him now. Embrace him into that eternal kingdom which you have prepared for all who believe in you. He was a pilgrim of the heart, Lord God. Grant him peace at last as he journeys home to you. Tisquantum was a brother and friend to many, bringing peace out of hardship, strength out of weakness, wisdom out of folly. Where man intended evil, Tisquantum found good. Where silence threatened brotherhood, Tisquantum became the tongue of friendship. For the sake of all peoples, everywhere, we yearn for more men like him. For the people of the United States, Squanto's mercy to the pilgrims made possible the very first Thanksgiving. It celebrated every year as a way to give thanks for the bounty and blessings of God upon those who trust him. But there's something more to remember in the story of Squanto. Often God's bounty and blessing come from a variety of means through a variety of people. There are people who have every reason to hate but choose to help. They have every reason to hurt, but choose instead to heal. They're people like you and me. They're people like Squanto. Now is an excellent time to remember them and to give thanks. I'm David Suchet for Focus on the Family Radio Theatre. Thanks for listening. Focus on the Family Radio Theatre is a production of Focus on the Family. The Legend of Squanto was written and directed by Paul McCusker and produced by Dave Arnold. Original music by John Campbell. Our cast included Peter Brook as Squanto, William Roberts as Massasoit, and the multiple voice talents of Timothy Bateson, Robert Benfield, Russell Bolter, Peter Goodright, Bobby Martino, Robin Meredith, Stuart Morris, Bob Sessions, Philip Sherlock, Jay Simon, John Woodnut, and Evan Young. Focus on the Family Radio Theatre Theme, composed by John Campbell. There you have it, the story of the legend of Squanto, beautifully told. We want to thank Focus on the Family to, to budget these kinds of things and produce these things that take enormous amounts of uh, grants to do sometimes and talent. But we also want this to remind us of really how to be grateful and what to be grateful for. And the fact that the most thing we have to be grateful for in our age, our time, is the Virgin Mary who's coming every day to save the world. And it's her signature of her messages, as I said last night on our show, 
June, uh, the uh, November 25th show. Her signature and signing her messages, thank you for responding to my call. So it is the time to give Thanksgiving for tomorrow, Thanksgiving Day. We thank you for your support, your help. We ask for your prayers. We are looking at next year and the next couple of crucial years to make some big steps. And we're asking you also if you could do nine-hour novenas on the hour starting at 9 to 5 Central times when we're doing it here in our community. This prayer is very important to us in taking some steps and moving a mountain that we need to move to be able to take certain steps to better give you the message and do some things in the future is critically important. So we want to say good night to you, and always we wish you Our Lady. We love you. <laughs>